I'm Susie Sanders, and today's leadership quote comes from Brene Brown. I want to be in the arena. I want to be brave with my life. And when we make the choice to dare greatly, we sign up to get our asses kicked. We can choose courage or we can choose comfort, but we can't have both, not at the same time. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to episode 85. I just wanted to let you know that I have a lot of interviews in the hopper. What I did was I originally bulk recorded dozens and dozens of interviews and realized after a few months that I wasn't able to publish them as quickly as I recorded them. So I've got several interviews coming up that I actually recorded uh, a year ago or even a little bit longer. So I've learned my lesson to bulk record in smaller bulks, (laughs) if that makes sense. And I'm going to be publishing out all of these episodes over the next few months. Um, And then I'm not recording new episodes until I get a little closer to the end of this batch so that I can record and publish in a shorter time frame so that hopefully things are a little more live and timely. But that said, all of these interviews that I'm publishing still have timeless wisdom from my guests and valuable content that I think you're going to enjoy. So anyway, just wanted to give a heads up. If you hear references or notes um, from guests or myself, a lot of these were pre-COVID interviews. A lot of these were um, even in 2019. So just thanks for your patience as I slowly edit and publish these one a week, and hopefully you're enjoying them. And if you are enjoying them, uh, please do subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you listening and appreciate your support. So let's jump right in. Check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 85 for this week's episode links. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows. And today I am speaking with Susie Sanders, the founder of Alchemy Virtual Assistants. Hey, Susie, how are you? Hey, hi, Jeremy. I am very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Just uh, waking up in St. Louis, Missouri. What, uh, what part of the world are you in? Uh, I'm in Northamptonshire in the UK, and uh, yeah, it's early afternoon now, so. Awesome. So what was your very first job, and what did you learn from it that you still use today? My very first job, um, when I was still at school, I did work experience in a pet shop, um, which has no context to what I'm doing now, but um, I was, I'm a nature lover, I've always loved animals, and I think um, one of the first, one of the most standout things about that job was I kind of realised even at quite a young age I'd got quite a strong work ethic, um, and I didn't really kind of realise that I could get satisfaction from work. So piecing that together, and you know, I've got my my parents to thank for that. Um, but I think you know that work ethic has only ever got stronger, um, and that was the first time I was really aware of it. Hmm. So then what what kind of uh, trajectory did your career have and how did you become an EA and why? Ah, well, I I kind of bounced around a lot of different jobs um, because I was 
leaving college. I was unsure about what I wanted to do. So I think like quite a lot of people, I, I kind of ended up in the EA role um, by chance. Perhaps it wasn't at the time an intentional choice, but um, I'm really thankful for it. And and I had always worked for kind of smaller companies where I could get involved with loads of different functions. Um, and um, and my first kind of PA role was um, in a lot more large corporate company. So um, I think it was definitely the the variety that that drew me um and at the time i think it was the lull of working for the, the magic of working for a larger company as well it was a bit kind of corporate and polished and i think i kind of having always worked in quite small um family-run companies that kind of appealed to me a little bit hmm. so do you have any funny or crazy or you know interesting stories of times when you saved the day uh in the big corporate <laughs> EA job um Oh, good question. And I'm going to say, yes, there are a lot. Um, but my last EA role, I was supporting the chief HR officer. So um, I wouldn't be able to share any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a good answer for your uh, your reputation, right? <laughs> yeah, not worth not worth risking um, sharing any stories there. So maybe if you buy me a couple of gins, I'll tell you some. But <laughs> nice, nice. So what about what about mistakes? Was there any mistakes that you made that? Um, kind of bigger mistakes that you really learned from? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think for um, quite a large part of my adult life, I've always been terrified of making mistakes. Um, And, um, you know, it's not till I started up as a VA and started my own business that I realized that actually there's such a good thing um, and everybody makes them. Um, And I think... I think the biggest mistake that I've I've ever made is, and this is probably quite well. It's not very um, specific, but I think not listening to my instincts um, on a lot of stuff. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not going to go into too many details, but just generally, broadly speaking, you know, when you know something in your gut isn't feeling right, kind of listen to that. I think that's probably the biggest mistake I've made as an assistant. So tell us about your transition to be from that kind of corporate PAEA world to becoming a virtual assistant. Yeah, okay. Well, um for me my my little boy um kind of started everything for me. Um he um was born in 2015. I was really fortunate I took some time out to um transition into motherhood and um, it completely changed me. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for how much it would. And, um, you know, and I, I felt that um, when I went back into that corporate environment, I felt that I wasn't the same person anymore. And my, obviously my priorities had changed, my focus had shifted. And, um, you know, I was, I'm consider myself quite fortunate. I had an incredibly great wonderful pregnancy. I had a really empowering birth. And without being too corny, I kind of felt quite empowered by that and um and I thought I've always had this kind of burning desire to kind of do my own thing and start my own business and and I thought well if I'm gonna do it now's the time um and um so I yeah kind of long story short took the plunge um I first came across the concept of of a virtual assistant when I was on maternity leave so I spent um a lot of time doing some reading and research and you know I was up all night anyway um (laughs) so it was a perfect time to start kind of gathering my thoughts and planning um what I was going to do and yeah I took the plunge left um left my job and um focused on the business 
So how did you get your first client? Uh, my first client came to me. Um, she's uh, we, we still work together. She's incredibly um, a dear friend of mine now, actually. But she came to me through um, one of my friends who I'd confided in and just said, look, listen, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And they were very supportive. And um, and then they came across one of their connections who needed it. And they, they just kind of put us in touch. So I think my first three clients came from like my personal network, um, which was a really great um, starting point for me. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. That's great. So when did you think, okay, you're a virtual assistant, you've got a few clients, when did you think and how did that transition happen where you're like, oh, you know what, I can make this a business and I'm going to hire other virtual assistants and get more clients? Um, I think it, it took me a while to realize, I probably shouldn't say that, but um, I think the kind of realize, I realized quite early on that I was enjoying everything that came with it. You know, I wasn't just getting handed work. I didn't have a responsibility anymore. I had to go and kind of find and nurture those relationships. And I really enjoyed that. Um, and it took me probably a little bit longer to realize um, that I needed more help. Um, we were, I was very fortunate. The work was there and was, was was flowing quite well and I think I had this kind of I'm just going to do everything myself attitude for quite a while um and obviously my husband is my business partner now so we work together um which is great and he um has always been so supportive I wouldn't have even gone alone without his kind of emotional and practical support um and it was kind of conversations with him that made me realize that I needed to and if I was honest, needed to do something for my own sanity um, than, um, the, than anything. And, yeah, he helped me kind of work, work out what that was all going to look like. And he eventually ended up coming to help me himself, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> nice, nice. How has it been uh, working, uh, working with your spouse uh, on, you know, running a business together? It's, do you know what? It's really fun. Um, it's hard work and it's definitely not for everyone, but, and, and he gets a lot more stick than I do. I think, you know, he gets people poking fun at him. How can you work with your wife? And we've got uh, our office set up at home now. Um, in reality, we're probably not in the office together all day, every day anyway. Um, but for us, it, it works really well. Um, you know, for me, I overnight kind of gained a business partner who had uh, been involved since day one um anyway and completely i completely trust uh he knows me better than i know myself you know it just all those things um really just it works well but you know on the flip side 
we do have to kind of set rules, no work at the weekends, you know, because we're, we're both so passionate about the business, it's always on our mind. But, you know, the boundaries have to be um, quite, we have to be quite firm with the boundaries. Um, and we do have the occasional disagreement. But again, we just, we know each other so well preempt and work our ways out of those so yeah it's a lot of fun nice so have you ever experienced burnout and if so what have you done to prevent it from happening again um yeah yeah I think actually my husband Paul coming on board with the business was probably one of the outputs of my burnout my burnout um and that was kind of 2017 I kind of thrown myself at my business and needed to find clients needed to find work needed to get the website needed to do this etc etc you know when you're self-employed the list never stops um and when you're passionate about what you want to what you're doing it never ends there's always something to do or improve um so I think I've just kind of gone relentlessly for so long um and then obviously I was taking good care of my clients and trying to keep on top of all of the work and add value and be proactive. And I just got to this place where I was just so tired and, you know, drained and, and I was making stupid mistakes. And, and then I realized I kind of got hit this place. I was like, this is not why I started my business to do, you know, I, I wanted a little bit more freedom. I wanted flexibility. I wanted fulfillment. And now I'm just working like longer and harder than I ever have. Um, and I kind of, um, and, and, and I went to my husband in tears one night and was just like, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to go and get a job. I'm just going to go and find a job. You know, I know a few people in recruitment. I, I can, I can find something. And, and he said to me, I support you hundred percent, but I'm going to struggle to let you do that. Like I'm going to struggle to watch you do that. So, um, we kind of had a lot of heart to hearts and I just said to him, well, are you going to come and help me? Cause I can't do this all on my own. And he said, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> and then we kind of just started working together and um, piecing together what, how everything would, would work. And I think, um, so at the time while I felt like pretty low, incredibly stretched, incredibly emotional and, you know, my still trying to be a good wife, still trying to be a good mother and, uh, you know, too much spread too thin. And I'm really mindful of that because it was a really dark patch for me. Um, and I kind of feel I'm grateful that I went through it because it, it taught me a lot. And, and now I kind of try to practice what I preach, I guess, in terms of outsourcing and delegating. And, um, you know, I know the value of having the right people doing the right things, but also, I mean, the term self care gets thrown around a lot, but I've learned to prioritize myself a lot more um, and having time when I can just be Susie and not be business owner or not be VA or not be mother or, you know, not just so I can just strip back from all these labels and just have some time where I can just be me. And if that's reading a book or sitting in my garden, fine. It's not a waste of time. That's my time. Um, and you know, it, I'm quite embarrassed that it took me a few decades to realize that that's so important. Hmm. Well, well, thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing. And it sounds like you uh, have great support and uh, setting boundaries, like not working all, all weekend is, is helping a lot. Yeah, I think boundaries is an ever kind of ever growing challenge, isn't it? I yeah. think in any capacity. So. Yeah. 
So let's talk a little bit about your business. How do you help your remote VAs feel valued and part of the overall team? Oh, I think like, I think in any relationship it's communication, isn't it? And um, I'm fortunate because Paul and I obviously spend a lot of time together and we communicate a lot. Um, But in terms of um, the team, it's kind of making sure that we're having Skype, you know, utilizing the what information, what technology we have available to us. So, jumping on Skype and having a chat, catch up every week or every other week or however it's working out. Uh, we have a WhatsApp group as well for kind of um, sharing funny stories, wins, that kind of thing. Um, and we do actually have an awesome points board, um, which is on our whiteboard in our office. So whenever someone's done something that they think is um, awesome, then they share that. And then we have like a little bit of a kind of uh, competition, I guess. But, it's you know, there's no prizes. It's just we're doing it for bragging rights of who gets the most awesome points each month. And that's just a bit of fun. Um, and uh, I think communication is, is definitely the biggest part of that. And I'm, I'm a big fan of kind of more traditional old-fashioned methods in the sense of like writing thank you cards and you know sending little personal gifts and stuff and and that's something that I do with my clients as well I think um I love getting a card in the post you know (laughs) I think in in our modern world all the information and communication methods that we have I think sometimes traditional is sometimes it's a little bit different yeah so how how big is your team how many VAs do you have uh got paul and i um, and we've got two others at the moment um but we're kind of changing the way we do things going forward so that's hopefully going to be changing soon nice and how many clients roughly oh my goodness um we have i should know that straight (laughs) away shouldn't i that's really embarrassing i think we've probably on our books as clients, we've probably got um, 40, 50, wow. um, but not all of that's retained. Um, obviously, we've got people that come to us when they just need seasonal stuff or mm. um, ad hoc stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, more retained ongoing, which is, you know, as an ex-EA, much more my bag. I'm much more comfortable working yeah ongoing basis with people so obviously that that's a lot less it's probably about probably about 20 so what would you tell an in-office assistant who wants to become a remote virtual assistant what would i tell them um do your homework (laughs) do your homework um be realistic and um look at the numbers and do maths make sure that you know what you would be expecting to earn and, and what you would be expecting to charge. Um, and if all everything all um, balances up, then just dare greatly, right? Be brave. Go for it. What's the worst that can happen? Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in kind of feeling the fear and doing it anyway. But, you know, you've got to be sensible about things as well and make sure that um, you have done your research and you have done your homework because it's hard. Yeah. So, so what's the, uh, what's kind of the hardest part about the remote part, maybe other than feeling connected and communication, like we talked about, what's kind of one of the other hard, hard parts about it? Um, I think, I mean, I suppose just stemming from that, I think it can be quite lonely when you, you know, I, I made the conscious choice that I wanted to work from home. Um, but you know, when, 
I, I do kind of miss the office environment at sometimes and having someone just to bounce ideas off with um, there and then. And I think um, that can easily be overcome um, by having and growing a supportive network. Um, but I, I think... Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that some days, you know, just, you could, I, you know, I've spent days where I've just been in the office all day, every day. I've not really spoken to someone. I've just been focused. So I think it can be quite lonely. And I pe- think people don't really um, recognize that. It's, it's the, oh, you get, you get to work from home and you get to do this and you get to do that. And it's like, it can be quite isolating if you're not careful. And that's something that, you know, people don't necessarily want to talk about as well. Like admitting you're a bit lonely. It's, it's a bit, it sounds tragic, but um, you know, you've got to be mindful of, I mean, I work best on my own. I'm definitely a kind of, if I'm in the office on my own and there's no one here, I'm far more productive. Mm-hmm. But again, it, it, everything comes down to balance, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I like to work in a dark closet by myself and <laughs> get a lot more done that way. <laughs> that was one of the challenges working with my husband, actually, because he's definitely a lot more kind of chatty and he likes to have a laugh and a joke. And I do too, but I'm just like, no. <laughs> you need to just be quiet now. I'm working. <laughs> nice. So you re- you worked in the recruiting industry for a while. Could you share any tips for finding quality team members? Yes. Yeah. Um. It's funny because I I always used to say to people I you know worked in recruitment, but I wasn't a recruiter myself. But I think I kind of underestimate how much I picked up. Um. And I think. Um, tips for, for me personally I think I'd always look for kind of mindset and attitude over anything else I'd probably prioritize that um and 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 again coming back to instinct um how you feel about somebody and um that should be in my in my opinion that should be something that's definitely factored in or placed an importance of it's not just what skills and experiences they have I think you know that it's the whole person isn't it that you're buying into so they should you should look at the whole person yeah so what about the hiring process and the interview process do you have any interview questions that you love or tips maybe tips for hiring an assistant specifically Oh, it's funny because I know it's really, really corny, but I personally, I love those kind of, if you were an animal, what would you be type questions? (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, if you were a fruit, what would you be? Because I just think they are a little bit kind of cliched, but I think you really get to see how someone thinks on their feet Hmm. in response to that. And, um, and yeah, no, I, I think it's a nice little insight into the person again. Um, but um, I, I think competency-based probably is, is, again, balance of, of the competency-based, can you tell me when, I think are always great questions um, if you've got a specific challenge or purpose um, to be able to tease out of them and get them to give you examples of when um, they've used or, or overcome those kind of challenges. And, and on the whole, even in my business now, I love to just ask people what their greatest challenge has been because I think you can tell an awful lot um, about a person by A, what that challenge is and B, how they've overcome it. Um, I think that's always a really great question to ask. So if you were an animal, what animal would you be? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm so happy that you asked that. Uh, um, and you do know I'm going to be asking this question straight to you. Um, <laughs> if I was an animal, I would probably be, I would probably love to be a dolphin um, because I'm a complete water baby. I am most at home when I'm in on near the ocean. And I say that where I live in Northampton is literally as central in the UK. I'm as far from the coast as I possibly could be. (laughs) And I'm working on addressing that. But um, also, I think, you know, dolphins have got quite a good reputation. They're quite known to be quite sociable and family orientated and quite good fun and, and intelligent if I can say that um, without sounding too big-headed but I just think they're you know they're a, they're a good water-dwelling animal <laughs> or mammal but how about you what animal would you be oh man I would I've always thought you know I've always liked cheetahs because they're fast and I was like the idea Ooh. of being fast but I, I really think if I really got to choose um, I would be some sort of bird that could just fly yeah. up because I like I always have liked rooftop decks and the mountains and just being high oh. up and seeing things. So I, I think that's what I would I would be some sort of bird. I don't really care which one as long as it can fly far. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So great answer. All right. Well, what makes an assistant a leader? Oh, what makes an assistant a leader? I think, um, I think, what makes I'm trying to think how to answer this eloquently without being too broad. And I think generally, other than the fact that, that most of us are, I do think it is, again, coming down to the mindset piece and the self-belief um, and, and kind of owning that, that as an assistant you can be a leader or you are a leader and kind of having that mindset shift that acceptance and the belief that that you deserve that how about tips for assistants who are also mothers to young kids uh coffee (laughs) (laughs) coffee and power naps (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think uh, reflecting on kind of my, I mean, my son's um, still quite young, so I'm kind of still relatively new to the motherhood path. But I think um, I think the greatest bit of advice that I, I continually get given is to just be gentle on yourself, because I think there's a, a huge amount of guilt um, associated with being a mother in our modern world and you know you're expected to um, be the great mom be the the great um, employee or you know you're supposed to be doing it all and uh, and I think there's a great deal of guilt that we put on ourselves that you know and I know in my own experience when I'm with my son I want to preserve and protect that time but a part of me feels guilty because I should be working and vice versa. You know, when I'm working, I feel guilty because my son is so young, I need to be with him. So I think just being gentle on yourself and accepting that you can't do it all um, and um, you can only do your best and that is enough. Love it. Yeah, I I think uh, one thing I would share with, you know, having two young boys, um, I like to have them involved in what I'm doing in some way. So, you know, for the podcast, you'll hear their voices on the podcast. 
um, for my day job. I'll have them. There'll be days where, you know, my wife coaches track and field. And so she'll be, have a track practice and I'll say, Oh, you know, instead of getting a babysitter, I'll bring him to the office and let him kind of hang out with me for a couple hours. I um, love that. And just so they can kind of see and, and be aware of, you know, where their dad is and what he's yeah. doing and what his office looks like. And they like to draw me pictures for my office and come hang him up. And so just having him involved and not, not letting that world be so separate from, from them has, has been helpful yeah. for us. You're absolutely right. And it's funny, um, Paul and I were having this conversation recently because obviously we have our office at home. So our little boy Rex comes in and he loves sitting and drawing pictures and things too. And and um, I've always said to him, I'm going to work or I'm going to a, um, a meeting or something. And Paul challenged me on it recently. I'm like, why are we not telling him we're running a business? You know, and and, and he's quite right. You know, I want him involved and to know what we're doing. And a few of my friends, I've been to networking events and they've brought along their children. Um, and, I, and my boy's still a bit too young for that. But I just think it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant for them to see, A, what their parents are doing, but also learn those skills of kind of, uh, of, kind of standing up and talking in front of people, um, which terrifies me as an adult, you know. But I've seen, like, a, um, young teenage kids doing it and smashing it you know um and i just it's so important yeah yeah awesome well Susie, thanks so much for taking time out of your day and uh how can we support what you're up to and where can we find you online Oh, thank you. It's been really, really lovely talking to you. So thank you for your time too. And um, I guess check out the website, um, alchemyva.co.uk and look me up on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, I'll connect because it's always good to hear and see um, what others are up to and how we can support each other. So yeah. That's great. Well, we'll share those links on the show notes and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thanks again to Susie for a great interview. Check out the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 85, and we will talk to you next time. Please review on Apple Podcasts. Gobulos.com.